When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey Geekscapists, welcome to a Geekscape special all about Netflix's Iron Fist series. But before we get started, I have been getting a lot of emails uh, and comments about when and if Geekscape, the weekly podcast, is coming back. And I now can make an announcement. So if you guys are listeners, loyal listeners to the long-standing Geekscape uh, podcast, 10 years plus, um, you guys know that I, I took a giant hiatus after November. Uh, we came back from shooting the film in Brazil. Uh, and I just was like, hey, i got to take a hiatus after 10 years of doing this show. Um, and on top of that, I wanted to do something new uh, with the show. I wanted to bring the show to a different level. Uh, I felt like the show had just kind of become uh, a redundancy. That you know, When we started podcasting over 10 years ago, we were fresh, we were new. The freshness, in my opinion, had kind of gone away. Uh, it was no longer unique. And I wanted to find a way to inject it with that again. So, <clears throat> lo and behold, we are joining a brand new network, just the Geekscape podcast. We still have all the shows on the Geekscape network, which we've been adding a few. Uh, we've got uh, Seven of Nine, our Star Trek Voyager podcast. We've got uh, a brand new one called the 90s TV Hour that our uh, longtime Geekscape has been with us the entire time. Jenny Masso is, uh, is hosting. Check those things out on the Geekscape.net website. But... I want to tell you guys that Geekscape, the show, the big one, uh, the long-standing one, is joining the uh, the Westwood One Podcast One Network. It's something that we've been going back and forth with over the last month and a half, two months. Uh, my old, old, old friend Kelly from before Geekscape is over there, and she reached out and she said she wanted something like Geekscape. She wanted Geekscape. I said, all right, well, let's put it together and let's figure out how to do the show properly the way I want to, so I want to bring you guys bigger guests, I want to bring you guys the weekly show, I want to keep bringing you guys specials with Ian, I still want to bring you guys podcast specials at places like WonderCon, Comic-Con, things like that, things that I've kind of started going away from. I, really, simply, I just wanted to bring you guys better Geekscape, and I wanted to have the resources and ability to do that, and I believe that Westwood One and Podcast One are going to allow me to do it. So, get ready, it'll probably be in late April, we start launching the the old show in a brand new way but that's the announcement and uh if you've been waiting for a weekly geekscape to come back uh you're gonna get it so be happy and be thankful to the folks at westwood one that uh they wanted to bring us into the family so we're excited about that let's get to the special netflix's iron fist this one uh came out with a lot of controversy even before the show uh, was released. It seemed like just as soon as Finn Jones was cast in the role of Danny Rand, the internet blew up about uh, all the issues of casting yet another white savior in a kung fu uh, or a Asian uh, leaning series or show or film. And um, that controversy continued through the release of the series. I think it still hangs with the, with the series. And now we've seen all 13 episodes. So I'm sitting here with Ian Kerner, who if I'm going to watch a Netflix special based on a comic book series, it's going to be with him. Uh, do we want to talk about the controversy? Do we want to talk about the series? We can, do we, we want to talk about, about all the this controversy. Stuff? Yeah. You know, um, so you guys, we're going to go way into the spoilers on everything, and I want to prepare you guys off the bat. So if Ian needs to say something out of episode 13, be ready for it. If you haven't watched all of Netflix Iron Fist, 
this is your warning to either give up caring <laughs> or go and watch them right now. Um, first off, did you enjoy the series? Overall, I did. Yeah. I did. I, I mean, did well. the, the, there's a lot of criticism about it, which, of course, you know, anyone that's listened to our podcast knows we're going to get into it. And, mm-hmm. You know, there's always the infamous, you know, at the end, after my criticism, you look at me going, are you sure you liked it? <laughs> did you enjoy this? But, but, but you know, I, I, think, I think the both of us felt this way, was that, you know, that there's, there's a lot wrong, but there's still a lot right. You know, I'm glad they're making mm. these things. Um, yes, I, I, I'll just tear it up right now. T I E R, tear it up. Uh, Daredevil, <laughs> my favorite, is still incredible as far as the Netflix yeah. offerings go. Uh, Luke Cage, I really enjoyed. Yeah, me too. Uh, Jessica Jones, I enjoyed for for a bit. I'm really excited about Jessica Jones season two because the, I think there's the a thing about cut. Luke Cage and Jessica Jones is they're polarizing because what's great is these are they polarizing? Ha- well, I'll tell you why. Because there's a certain niche, you know, and much like the movies, you know, Luke Cage really followed that black exploitation. Sure, thing, sure. You know, and and Jessica Jones, frankly, I mean, is polarizing in a sense of you know of you know, women love it. There's a market that loves Jessica Jones that I I know a lot of people I know who never watched any of the rest, not interested in any of the rest, and they just love it. I agree with you on that one. I've met several of those people. Yeah. yeah. And amongst our friends, we pretty much all have the same complaint that it goes on longer than it should. Sure. I've said numerous times we did the special, you know, if it, if it had been on ABC the way it was originally developed, Jessica Jones, and they'd done a case of the week, which was like the comic, mm-hmm. I think it actually would have worked better for that and you spread the purple man over Sure. But, but, and I really want to get into this with Iron Fist because Netflix now has a formula. And I think that I think we saw a little problem with the formula in Jessica Jones. I think we see a big problem with the formula in Iron Fist. And what about Luke Cage as well? Because there's a bit of that formula again in Iron Fist. And I thought it was more familiar to Luke Cage than it was with Jessica Jones so, in a sense. So, so let's talk about what the formula is. In season one of Daredevil, where it was great, it was an origin. We got a 13-part origin of Daredevil. You know, they really developed the character and they really, they made him Daredevil. He wasn't Daredevil at the beginning and that's why the last episode's called Daredevil. Sure. Because he doesn't really become our Daredevil until then. And, and as much as I love it, I like season two better because now he's really Daredevil. Yeah. In the you know, it's like, it's just, yeah, and Electra, and it's just awesome. It's awesome, yeah. But, but, but the point is that, okay, but, but I think it's so brilliant for what that was to take the time and tell that story. You know, they know they have the time. And one of the biggest complaints in general with the Netflix shows, very much... A, a relevant complaint with Iron Fist is the pacing mm-hmm. because they know they have that time and what, what people need to realize is you know you watch right, it's 13 episodes it isn't really the formula going back to House of Cards is they're doing a 12 hour movie sure in 13 parts sure you know, and that's what it is you know there aren't the beats it's not like watching 24 and every hour has all the same beats you know when you watch it you know when, when you when you sit down and try to watch it all together it doesn't work. Yeah, Netflix each is designed does not have a beginning, middle, and end. Right? Exactly. So I mean, they, they end on a note. You know, there's a little bit of one. You know, there's some nuances. A but little bit that lingers uh, into the next episode, but for the right. most part, it's something introduced in scene one of that uh, episode is not what the the final image is as well. And if you notice, and, and I always binge these. You know, as you yeah. know, and part of that's you know going back to the other people can. I don't want anything ruined for me. I want to get ahead of it. But what I noticed about Netflix shows in general, and again, not just the Marvel ones, True a Bloodline, True a House of Cards, the first episode of two, you could just watch them, you know, watch one, watch two. Once you hit episode three or four, they start really getting going. And I find that if you wait till the end of the episode, you think you're going to stop there, you're not. It's going to pull you right in. Right. If you want to stop a Netflix show because you're tired, you want to go to sleep, you have something to do, you stop in the middle of an episode. Mm-hmm. You know, one of those moments is a little bit of a slower moment because the end of the episode is going to pull you into the next episode. You know, so that's what finding it, and that's very true of the Marvel stuff. Sure. Right? Um, and obviously, being a comic, but again, even going back to its comic book origins, a comic book is, you know, an issue every month like that, and the nature of these isn't that. No, it's not, you know? it's not a different villain every month. Right. So when we talk about they take a while to get going, well, they take their time because they're doing a 12 hour movie. Mm-hmm. You know, when you think about it like that, guess what? Act one is four episodes. Right. You know, yeah, it's true here for sure. That's it, what in, in act in the first four episodes of this, there's still a pretty heavy reliance on Danny having to get back into his company, and also what happened in the plane 
and him coming back out to the world and showing right. And also, uh, we, we got to go back to that controversy, but yeah, and, and this will tie it in, is that uh, that first episode for me, I was like, well, wait a minute. Um, he's wiser now. He is back in this world. Uh, it, it ha- I love how quick the series started. Like, like first scene, he is trying to get back into Rand, right. and he's trying to reestablish himself as Danny that- Rand. And I, and I loved that because it was quick. Well, uh, that's another part of the formula. They throw right. you in, and then in every other one, you got some kind of origin thing so, later. Yeah, you get a little one bit of One of my a, biggest complaints with this show yeah. is we don't get enough of that. We get a little bit. We do see this, the snippets about you know, the, the crash, and we, we get sure. the exposition about Kunlun. I was definitely disappointed to not actually see him young and training a lot. I, I, I hoped for and somewhat expected at least an episode of that. Right. Instead, we got snippets here and there, and I would have liked more of that. And a lot of that is later on. Uh, there was a, I thought that Danny's character was a little naive early on, and a lot uh, naive, like a lot of naive. And, and I'm sitting here going, "Well, he's a little bit too much of a rube," um, and, it, and it almost made me kind of uh, distance myself from the character because, I'm like, well, what is all this? He is the immortal weapon stuff. In like, what test did he actually? Well, that's just it. We didn't see any of it. We didn't see the training. You know, you know. That being said, when the second Colleen Wing joins the series, she pulls a Luke Cage, and by Luke Cage, I mean like in Jessica Jones, the Luke Cage scenes were awesome. Across the board, everyone says, and I knew going in, and I definitely, definitely feel this way. She's the best thing about the show. Um, I have my favorite. It's not Colleen Wing, but I know. But I think she's amazing. Yes, yes. But well, look. So, 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 so the other side of it is the legacy characters. Sure. You know, is Jerry Hogarth and Claire Temple, they're awesome. Yeah. Right? Yep. And, you know, and I've even seen some criticism that they almost make the rest of it look bad because they're such strongly drawn characters coming from the previous series that, you know, they all, some people say they highlight, you know, um, some of the uh, deficits right. that are present here. Well, I... I mm, yeah, no, they are really clearly drawn, but I also... I'm in love with some of the new characters as well. But with uh, the introduction of Colleen, it's cool. I mean, we've already met Misty Knight and Luke Cage. Right. We're going to get our Daughters of the Dragon going. But what do you think about the casting? I mean, she's great. She's relatively I unknown. thought she was great. And she, you know, but now we've got this criticism that was right off the so, bat. So, so we're going back to the whitewashing. Okay. Like, so, so, so here's the thing. Yeah. Well, first of all, we could discuss the, the casting... That's only one facet of the casting. But, you know, I had to really sit down when I first saw the controversy here and really think about this, you know. And, Should and, Iron Fist be played by an Asian? And that's the thing, is right. the story is the story. Now, there are a lot of Asian people felt, but there was an opportunity to change it. The sense is this, is the story, the dated story that it is, is very much this Caucasian industrialist, you know, Son of an industrialist because the industrialist is there. Right. The parents die. He ends up there, and you know he ends up grows up and then suddenly becomes a master. And what I think a lot of Caucasian people don't recognize is the slap in the face is this idea that a Westerner can show up and suddenly you know it's not part of his heritage, and yet this this notion that he then becomes the best. Right. There's an implied idea of racial ethnic superiority. Mm-hmm that he can show up and be there and do that. I think it's taking it too far, but it's not... It wouldn't Without be merit, fair. right. Yeah, it's not... It wouldn't be fair to, to totally um, disregard the notion and the slight because it's certainly something that's been present in, in other media in the past. Right. And, so, and that's how that kind of story is viewed. Last Samurai is an example. There have been many examples. They just came out with a great wall. Right, with Matt Damon, exactly. And it's like, wait, There you go. Same, uh, again. That being said, having watched the series... And Finn Jones, like, remember his Twitter problems? Yeah. Where, he, you know, on Twitter he spoke up and was like, hey, just watch the series. Having watched the series, I don't think Danny's perfect. I don't think he's the savior. For some reason, yeah. he ended up as the, as the, he ended up as the, uh, the, the, as the weapon, but he learns from Devos. He learns from these other Asian characters. He learns from White Tiger, who's an ethnic character. He learns from other things. He's not a great, he's not the best fighter. He gets his ass handed to him in a few different ways, and without the actual immortal weapon, there's uh, what, many parts where he would actually have gotten his ass kicked. Well, that's an interesting debate about the series, and now you're speaking to aspects of it 
that I think are places where it was weak. Right. Um, I don't think that, that – I don't agree with your statement because here's the thing. The Davos thing, it's very simple. When it comes down to it, he doesn't use the Iron Fist to beat Davos. Right. He kicks his ass and the statement's made is that he beat him before. Davos makes the comment, oh, I don't know why Le, Le Kung, you know, the Thunderer, chose him over me. Well, the reason he chose him over me, it's made pretty clear because he's better. <laughs> he right. is better. They fight and he beats him. He's better. And it ain't the first time is what they tell us. But what I'm you saying know? is he still doesn't have all his faculties. He's not he perfect, but that's not the point. He doesn't know Aaron Fist heals. But, he doesn't know but, but, a lot but, but, of but that, isn't the, that, doesn't, right. that doesn't undermine the idea that he was the best there. He rose the ranks. This, you know, Guaylo shows up. And he becomes their best. So should the character have been cast well, differently? Well, well, I don't think it should because the source material goes deeper than even what we've seen here. Right. You know, there's aspects of it that it's actually very important to the character that he be this clueless Caucasian guy. That's the thing is it's about more than that he's the Iron Fist in Kunlun. And in fact, and it's arguably one of my issues with the show, but the story they're telling is him in New York the fish out of water who belongs in this privileged world and yet he doesn't. You know, he's the scion of that and yet he's been gone and now he comes back to it. He's a fish out of water there, even though he looks the part. He's a fish out of water, you know, in Cumberland and everywhere else because he doesn't look the part, but he's part of that. And then ultimately what we're all waiting for is then you have, you know, the dichotomy of him with Luke Cage. Right. You know, the street level guy with, you know, the guy running around Harlem, you know, and look at this. There's no one whiter in the world than this guy. <laughs> this Ivory Tower dude. Yeah. yeah. Sure. So, so no. So this story, I think it's very important that he is exactly of the racial makeup that he is. So that's why I, I've strongly disagreed with, you know, the idea of this whitewashing. Right. And if you, you cast, if you cast the, an Asian as Iron Fist... You pretty much negate the need for a, a Shang Chi, and that's what I, that's where I was right. going to go as well. Is and we one really of my want disappointments. Like, I really yeah, want that series. One of my disappointments was there was a rumor that Shang Chi was going to be in this, mm-hmm. and my feeling was great. You put Shang Chi in this is a great way to introduce him, and then you don't need Danny Rand to be Asian because you have Shang Chi. Right. So when he wasn't, and fine, rumors are rumors, but sure. I think that was a missed opportunity. But we have Colleen, and Colleen's really Colleen's fantastic. Her, you know. But, but it's not the same thing. It's not the same thing. You know? Um, I read it something online that, that now there's a potential for Danny, ag- again, learning to be a better fighter from Shang-Chi. Absolutely. Is, like, yeah, so like season two could develop him well, as... Well, I, I have a lot of ideas about season two, but, but let, 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 me, let me... Just since we're on the whole notion sure. of the whitewashing, you know, there's another aspect of it. I want to talk about Colleen Wing. You know, the, making her romantic interest. Ever since the MCU started, they've certainly taken certain things from the ultimate line. Sure. You know, even though not completely. So a romance between Danny and Colleen was an aspect of the ultimate line. It's not, there's not much to it because they're not in a whole lot of books. Right. But as they had a baby in that line, all that. You know, for me, you know, the Misty Knight Danny Rand relationship is, I mean, this is the classic relationship. This is a big deal. You know, um, so I was really kind of bothered that they went there. And yet, I loved Colleen, and it really, it did work for me. Mm-hmm. So I'm not, ultimately, I'm not that bothered. I really did like it, you know? But, and one of the things I thought about is, I, I wondered if, on a certain level, being mindful of the potential, because, listen, I'm sure they were writing long before the whitewashing controversy, but maybe not, you know? I mean, they certainly wrote a lot of this, you know, after casting. Sure. Um, and giving the Asian character the prominent role, you know, in that way, might have been half of an answer to that. There's also, uh, as far as the relationships divvy up, when we see the Defenders and we see Jessica Jones and Luke Cage together, fans are going to want to be like, okay, well, I know that he's with uh, Claire. Claire. At what point does he go back to... He doesn't, it doesn't necessarily. Look, look, you know, in, in when, the, they're you know, not together anymore think, in the comic. I think when the fans are, the, the comic fans are watching us and they're like, okay, when do things realign themselves towards the books that I'm familiar with? But that's just it. You know, I, I'm actually wondering, in, in the current Jessica Jones comic, uh, they're not together anymore. She went undercover. Sure. No one knew. And, you know, she went to jail and this whole thing. And then she took the baby, whatever. Um, 
I gotta wonder if that wasn't a, hey, they're not gonna be together in the show, let's make it look like that. You know, at the same time, the creator of the comic was the creator of the character, you know, but they actually have the original team, the alias team, on the current book. And mm-hmm. you're not reading it, are you? I am reading Oh, I love it. But the setup looks like it's about to resolve itself. I don't know if it's gonna completely resolve. Okay. He's not forgiving her. Okay. Remember, he walked away. Right. So, anyway, we don't need to go on a giant comic book tangent because a lot of the listeners won't be reading it. And the it, weekly but... show's coming back. So, yeah. That's, that's... so yeah, we could do that. <laughs> I haven't done comics with you in a long time. Um, but um, yeah, I, I, I just wonder that. So that's what one aspect. And listen, I, I know we only have a little bit of time, so we're not gonna, let's not spend all our time sure. there. Uh, going back, you know, we were talking, and it was a good opportunity to discuss the controversy, but we're talking about the formula and how it applies here. So, you know, and I was saying that you know, after Daredevil Season 1, I feel that they've decided... They want to do an arc where it's not going to start off being the comic you know. They want the season to get you to the place where at the end of the season you have that. My complaint in Jessica Jones was, all right, she, was a, she already had, was, you know, Alice Investigation. She had it, but it wasn't successful. Sure. As opposed to when the co- character was introduced in the Marvel Universe in the Alias comic... The Marvel Universe was so firmly set and wasn't like they have to worry about, oh, well, we can't get that guy from the movies here. The very first comic, here's Jessica Jones and Captain America has a problem come to her. Sure. You know, and every issue was she was the person that people in the community went to, you know, because they knew her. So they, it, it was somewhat clever to utilize the events of the season to put her in that place where now she's the person that people have that kind of problem they're going to come to. And there are shout-outs to you Jessica know? in Iron There Man. are, yeah. But, um, so ultimately I like that, and yet the season would have been stronger for her already being established. And you could add one or two more right. cases in there, sure. So, so, so now let's talk about Iron Fist. So you, you've already made comments about he has so much to learn. And I think ultimately that's our really big problem. He's supposed to be the fucking Iron Fist, you know? <laughs> supposed to show up and be the baddest of the bad, and he ain't. Well, but if he does on episode one, where does he go over 13 But that's just episodes? it. You know, I, I think I, I kind of liked the fact that we're still seeing this hero come together. My problem with that is what were his experiences in Conlon about? Fine if it's about street smarts, you know? Um, listen, everyone says... And listen, it, it was a great way to make him realize he has a lot to learn. Mm-hmm. However, everyone goes, you know, the shining moment was when you look at the newsreel and you see what a real Iron Fist is like. Yeah. You know, that's what you wanted in the series. You know, we shouldn't have to wait for season two to get it. Or the, or the Defenders. Yeah, but we're not, I don't think we're going to get it by Defenders. You want him to just put that wrapper on his head. <laughs> of course you want Get that. going, yeah. Yeah, you know, like he should have earned that there. Was, is it interesting to me, ultimately, that, well, he's a lot to learn? Well, here's my big problem. I think they missed a very big opportunity. We never get the motivation for why he left Kunlun. I mean, other than the implication of, well, I felt lost. I wanted to go back and see, you know, my but life. I want to get my company but back and find out. Yeah. He became the Iron Fist. He's talking about how it's, you know, it's his responsibility and he's the defender of Kunlun. Guy pretty much took the thing and left. Yeah. You know, I mean, all, ultimately, and we'll get into the end of it, but Davos comes on the screen and, God damn it, Davos is right. He's totally pissed. You absolutely abandoned your position. You know, I mean, I was like, I was like, this is, I was literally waiting all the time. And to me, I thought that the writers actually, they actually gave their answer in their own story, which was, if they'd only written in some way that he found out that the hand was in New York, that we're in his company, he then he had a motivation. Them. And it still could have been, they're going to say, well, no, you can't go. And he goes, well, I got to go. Our, 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 we only exist to eliminate the hand, right? But the argument could have been, yes, but we exist to eliminate the hand, but you have to protect us here from the hand. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, but I got to go there. That's where they are. And it's my company, too. I have two reasons. As it is, it's sort of a coincidence. Sure. He does I mean, it's like, it's like not even sort of a coincidence. He it's was near person. there because going to meet with Madame Gao, but it just so happens where he ended up is the place that's the ancestral enemy of the Hand who's already in his company and taking him out? Really? Sure. I mean, I don't know. That, and it wasn't like Madame Gao killed his parents that you learned right. later on. Right. She just happened to she be, involved, happened with, to be with, involved with Meacham. Right. 
you know? And he did it, and she didn't even want him to do it. So that stuff really bugged me. Um, going back a little further, Davos. In Daredevil, when we see the heroine, we see the packet, the steel serpent we see the symbol. steel serpent symbol. That is Davos. For me, yes. For me, it was, a, it was a cop-out for that not to be the steel serpent. But again, it comes back to their formula. If the steel serpent was behind the heroine, then you're presupposing that Arnith's whole origin and Davos's whole origin, everything about him becoming you know, the steel serpent it's has already thing. happened. Right. And he's already acting in the world. You know? So I get it, but I thought it was a cop-out just to be slavishly ad- adhering to that formula. You know, um, I hear you. It'd be, it's cool to see him learn stuff and help and all that. Sure. Um, well, you want a little bit of a journey, sure. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, he either shouldn't already be the Iron Fist, which would have created its own issues. A series about him but, yeah, and yeah. Finland just um, training. I like the idea that he has more to learn. Um, I find it really odd that he was able to be the Arnifist and leave while he still had it to learn. Um, I, I look at the ending and I go, all right, so Kunlun's gone. Am I hoping season two is the other immortal cities? And, that, and, you know, and having to go through the trials of the combat between them and then he really steps up and becomes the Arnifist? That'd be badass. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's the shit. You know? <laughs> Patented Ian Kerner the shit. Right? Yeah. That would be awesome. I mean, that, that's fractions you get to see run. all the different powers. That's yeah. what you want. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, so, yeah. My, my gut was we had two aspects of the ending there. That, you know, the other was with Davos with Joy, which I very much want to discuss at length. Um, my gut is we don't get that in Defenders. The idea is, no. well, he couldn't get to Con Lunch, and now he goes back to New York, and now he's dealing with stuff. Um, you know... Halfway through, as a comic book fan... The Defenders is all about the hand. I'm exactly, yeah. exactly. So halfway through, you see Bakudo. If you really know the comics well, you know that Bakudo was you know, a, a minor um, daimyo of the hand. So it's pretty much called out. The fact that he and uh, Colleen are in red in every scene, <laughs> you know, a little bit of a nod. Again, on the show, we haven't seen it, but for a comic reader, you know, the hand all wear red. It hasn't been they the case. They wear red sashes, for sure. Oh, they, they, they were wearing red suits, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. There's always red suits. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was a little interesting, and, you know, you get into the racial aspect of it, but, you know, throughout, all Madame Gao's hand, you know, like, they're all like a bunch of bruises, and, and they're not hand. As a comic fan, they yeah, they're see, not ninja, you know? You see them as ninjas in Daredevil 2, and there's... Right. With that, I love that, that, that scene in the hospital, where you just see right, them swarming awesome. the side and, of the building. And, and, and the one scene where Meacham, with the group of them go, mm-hmm. you know... And I, actually, I loved that scene. But in that moment, I was like, oh, it's really the hand. Well, you know, um, when they go to the triad after, after Joy got hit. Well, my favorite character in the whole thing is Howard Meacham. Okay. I think he's That's all, interesting. Well, well, what's interesting about him is that from the get-go, and this is, what, this is the formula that I saw similar to Luke Cage was around episode six or seven. Uh-huh. You introduce a brand new villain... You swap villains, right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Like in this one, you've got uh, Papa Meacham, right? Back from the dead, and uh, you know, indebted. You have Gal in the background, but she's not really Gal. it. And then it shifts to Bakudo. And then it shifts to Bakudo, and then it shifts again to Davos later on. But really, kind of going into the second season. But really, Davos around, is around really six or more seven, set up. Around six or seven is where you have the the, the villain swap in Luke Cage, where you introduce Diamondback, right? This, this character that, had, and, that and, knows and more about... Cottonmouth gets killed. You've basically gotten Black Mariah's mm-hmm. origin. Yeah, and then you've got Diamondback in there. Right. And I saw that exact same film I've done here where we switched to the Bakudo storyline, uh, which was cool, but not as... It, it, really, the momentum in the series is what's going on with the Meachams. What I like is that, his, is that, is that back. if you really think, you know, the signs are there pretty early on. It's the Meacham and it's Harold, and yet they keep that on simmer till mm-hmm. the last episode. And I love David Thewlis. Mm-hmm. I think I've always awesome. loved him. Yeah, I even like him in uh, what's the Hugh Jackman movie <laughs> where he's he's uh, the monster hunter, Van Helsing. Oh yes, yes. Because <laughs> what yeah, I like about David Thewlis is he can play a character like he did in Lord of the Rings, right. and he can turn around and play the character like he did in Van Helsing, and he can turn around and yeah, he's, play he's, he's uh, he's all great these different actor. characters. He's such a great actor. And he's really good in this. Uh, with Harold, I'd never seen this actor before, although he, I wouldn't researched on him, and he's actually, you know, he's in a ton of stuff. And 
right off the bat, I'm like, okay, stereotypical bad corporate guy who only you, you, has... You with Ward. With Ward. With Ward. Not so, with Howard. So you didn't watch Banshee. I never watched Banshee, oh. right. That's how Ward... That's the, yes. the actor. So I'm watching Ward. Ward is my favorite character. That's what I meant to say. Ward, okay. is, Ward is my favorite character because right off the bat in episode one, he's like, get him out of my office. I'm like, okay, I get this guy. He's the yeah. corporate I, I, guy I, I, who only cares let, about let, profits, let, not people. Side note, watch Banshee. Okay. So, you'll, you'll enjoy it. And it's, you know, it ended after three seasons, so it's digestible. It, it won't take you that long. Uh, so I, I get Ward. I get Joy. Joy's pretty uh, charismatic, and Ward is just like, oh, I get him. He's the guy who just cares about the company over, pro- over people thing. And for the most part through well, the series, he kind of is. But his character does the most turns in the series, yeah. and he ends up in a place that I love. I love the fact that that uh, last scene where they're putting... Danny and Ward's pictures together on the wall, and you see Howard's picture broken on the on the floor. I'm like, now we have a place to go. This is awesome. Well, well, this wait, is really well, cool. Wait, here's the question. Let's talk about the, 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 the Meacham kids. You know, Ward. You can argue. Did Ward? What was Ward's arc? They really go through you know a full arc. Well, at the bottom the bottom line is is that Ward siding with Danny ultimately is Ward's interest. The question is, did he really have a true change of heart and really want to be good and really be a good partner? Or was it just self-interest by taking arm? You know, I mean, he had to go against Harold, who was fucking nuts. No, because th- I, the last scene between Danny and Ward is Ward saying, we've got to build this company yeah, the right yeah. way. I think that Ward truly it does have a change of heart. I, 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 think, I think that anything you ascribe to Ward before then was really Harold pulling the strings. Yes. Well... So, yeah, it, we know he was a dick as a kid. But then the character, and, and he's a dick in the first few episodes. But yeah. then the character starts to show several layers once you get to the middle of the arc, yeah. and he really starts to go up against Howard and realizes something horribly wrong that he's facing well, his yes, dad's yes. hand zombie, and uh, and you start to get these layers in the character, and by the end of it, you realize he's actually going to become one of the heroes of this thing, and ultimately he is when he shoots Howard off the right. roof. I thought it was awesome. I, I was totally into it. Ward's my favorite character. Okay. Even though I misplaced his name. Joy. Who did, starts did, out as one of uh, Danny's only well, but confidants. The, by the way, yeah. right away, seemingly, oh, she must be nice. He's going to win her over. Then she poisons him. Totally poisons him. Okay. Then she feels bad about it. Then she's <laughs> winning her over with the M&Ms. Then you see the side of her with you know, the corporate attorney and, you know... She's a total ball buster against, you know, the plaintiffs. Mm-hmm. But then she feels bad about that, you know. She, she gives Danny the evidence to get everything back, you know. Then she gets, you know, he saves her. Then she gets mad about her father. And then ultimately, at the end with Davos, for me, it was so two-dimensional. Davos' meeting, we're going to take it down together. I felt that they left that hanging and if it isn't that she just turns around and just tells Danny, I'm going to be pissed. Because I do not buy the motivation that, oh, Danny's the source of all your problems. I get that maybe Davos sees it that way because he's fucking clueless because he was raised in a monastery in another right. dimension. But no, it's, cra- I, it's completely insane. I didn't buy that last scene. After, after Joy sees her childhood friend come back, she's convinced it's a childhood friend, She's, she has a change of heart as well. It's kind of Danny motivated, and he's kind of teaching the he company. Saves her life. He saves her life. She sees Zombie Dad come back. Zombie, she gets shot. Z- zombie Dad's killed people. She's not going to side with the people who And are, by the way, when Davos is saying, oh, everything's bad because he came back, well, first of all, what about the idea that this crazy ninja crime cartel is, is running drugs on the company? Infiltrated his entire company. Yeah, I mean, at any time... Theoretically, they could have gotten taken down and she'd be completely ruined. Right. You know? So he saved her from that. Oh, she lost her job? Well, guess what? She got it back. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, what did you submit? Zombie dad? Well, zombie dad says, says it right there. Ultimately, she's saved from that. Right. Danny saved her from all these yeah. things. What did Danny do that was so bad to her? Oh, he didn't tell her when he found out about zombie dad because he was actually trying to protect her? It was okay for everyone else not to tell her. <laughs> You know? How pissed is she at her brother? How pissed is she at her actual father at the time? You know? Oh, the guy that I haven't seen in 15 years that now I trust you. How could you not tell me? Big fucking deal. Right. You know? Yeah. So I I, I don't buy that motivation that she would be bad at that point. Yeah, that that felt like a little bit of a tecton scene. Well, And then then he paid over. She doesn't, nobody recognizes Madame Gao sitting one table away smiling to her. Yeah, that, that was a bit much. But, um, 
my, my ultimate statement there was at first I was bothered by that with Jordan. Then I said, you know what? Maybe they just seeded that so she could then just go back and tell Danny. Right. Hey, you've got to watch out for this guy. Mm-hmm. You know? You know what? That would be cool. That would work for me. Yeah. Yeah. It, you know? I'm interested to see how the thing... I mean, I think season two will be... Cunlan heavy, and, and, and but, hopefully but, 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 it is. And frankly, they should have Joy not be a bad guy, and you know, because it is TV, there should probably be a little bit of a triangle there. Sure, you know, because that that was always that's there, that's mm-hmm. that's in the episode. I mean, they might go the oh, make a really push of being you know the bad guy because now she's jealous. But that to me, that would be so just trite. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I yeah. would be really disappointed if they do that. So, Madame Gao sitting there. Well, so you know. Initially, I was a little confused with the Kuda thing. I was like, he's against Madame Gao. Then I thought it was clever because it actually is very true to the comics that there could be warring there factions in the hand and all that. Right. They mentioned that there's someone above. You know, um, I'm not sure if that's going to be the Scorny Weaver character in, in Defenders, but certainly someone above, that's what Defenders is going to be. Yeah. I just um, remember that Sigourney Weaver is in the series. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. would be cool. So, so Madame Gao, certainly, you know, she's an actress. She's going to be in it. So... You can argue that it was almost like, as much as they made the hand a big part of Iron Fist, it was sort of irrelevant, and yet also not, because this was a whole other side of it. Um, Personally, I love anything that takes shots of Scientology, Mm -hmm. and I felt that what they did there, it was subtle. With the Bakuda stuff? But the Bakuda stuff was full-on Scientology. (laughs) Right. You know? And I thought that was actually, one of my favorite aspects of it, I thought that was very well done, it was very well layered. From the, from the start because you know listen we're in Los Angeles you know not, obviously not all the listeners will be and in Los Angeles you know there's a, what goes on in Scientology and many, many people might not know this but it's a big thing it, it's indoctrinated into a lot of acting classes and all that yeah. this whole thing of indoctrinating people in and bringing them into this thing and making a big part of their life and it taking priority over everything else you know and that, that, that's exactly what they did here yeah, so, and you, do, you don't really know who's a Scientologist in, in L.A. Yeah. Not, that, not that you have to be careful, because... Yeah. But, 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 but there was a time when you first moved out here, when I moved out years ago, where you had to be careful. Right. People were afraid to talk about it. They were afraid to criticize it. And it's definitely blown, out, blown and, up. And, and I remember you know, when people trying to recruit you all oh, the time. All, all the, the time. time. All the time. Yeah. It, it was, it was, and it was a hard sell. And, 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 and I knew I had many stories of people like, you know, God forbid you went to one meeting and then they hounded you. Forever. Yeah. Forever. So, um, if so, you get your headshots at Central Casting here, so supposedly my brother told me that he went to Central Casting and submitted his headshot into their database. Mm-hmm. And when you walk out of Central Casting, there's people that try and recruit you. There are people who want to cut your reel. There's a bunch of editors who are like, I'll cut your reel. And they're just standing outside, like, hey, do you need somebody to cut your reel? Right, right. There are photographers who are like, hey, if you need new headshots, here's my card. So, those two people will give you cards. And then the nicest dressed amongst them are the Scientologists who are like, hey, do you want to network by the pool with celebrities? And they're trying to get you to the Celebrity Scientology Center right. to network. Right. And Paul was like, what the hell is that? <laughs> I'm sure. What was that? I'm sure. You know, and anyway, some people uh, fall for it. It's no, a numbers no, game uh, with them. Uh, yeah. Let's get off our Scientology tangent because that's not what sure. the listeners are here for. Um, but... Um, there's a little inertia left when I thought when it shifted to the Bakudo storyline. Again, because I think the Meacham storyline and the company storyline mm-hmm. in the integration of the hand, the infiltration of the hand into this company is what I thought the series was really mainly about. Which right. was, but well, in the, well, double, the, the other one... What I liked yeah. about, that, about the, what Bakudo I call stuff. the Scientology side yeah. of it was it, I don't want to say justified, but it made you understand the Colleen part of it. You know, sure. um, and it was like the, and I actually really like this notion that because the hand is that insidious, mm-hmm. you know, even good people like they get people, you know, they bring them over. It's you know, it's I mean, look, it, you see her naive students, but, right? But it, 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 it's you know, we're all Star Wars fans. It's the dark side. It's tempting. You don't even realize it. You know, I mean, with Star Wars is a little more black and white, but here, they think they're good. They don't see themselves when as they bad start guys. beating up Danny and Davos there at the exit. But they, they cool st- but they, but they think it's good. And, and by the way, so there's been a lot of criticism about some of the martial arts scenes. And one of the comments that I actually really liked um, in regards to this is, well, it doesn't seem that engaged, but he shouldn't because he's supposed to be that good. We can get into things about was Finn Jones good enough for... I didn't have a problem with him not being more fit and all that. He's Iron Fist. He doesn't have to be that fit. No, he looks like, like a swimmer's body. He exactly. Great. He I was great. fine with that. 
Um, I mean, I did laugh, you know, in, in, in that, that scene uh, early on where, you know, he's running through the parade, he puts the mask on, I, and I just chuckled. I was like, okay, now it could be the stuntman the whole time. Yeah. You know? But, you know, I felt that as it went on, the martial arts got better. And mm-hmm. in particular, I really enjoyed the scene with him and Davos, you know, fighting, you know, the hand of, in, yeah, yeah, yeah uh, outside of their compound or inside. Trying the to get out of the yeah, compound. Yeah, trying to get out. That was my one of my favorite fights as well. Yeah, yeah. That and the the the, the Central Park Fountain. Yes. Fight yes. between Davos or between Bakudo and Colleen. Right. I thought was awesome. I well, yeah, yeah that was awesome. Yeah. And, 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 the, and the, also between Danny and Davos, that was decent. Mm-hmm. You know, I like that one too. I, I thought Davos was great. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, my only real complaint was at the very end. I actually I liked his um, his whole rationale. I felt they did it. It was a bit of the Doctor Strange Baron Mordo move they did there, but um, the Doctor Strange Baron Mordo, yeah, yeah. You know, the now they made him his friend. Now, you know, in the comics, Davos, yeah, they did study together, but Davos, you know, always was always him. always a dick. Yep, just they were never yep. friends. But you know. It's, it's such an old paradigm of the former friend, and now it goes the other way. But now there's but, the, but, the justification yeah. that you well, abandoned Kunlun. Well, well, but here's my problem. My problem is Davos is right. Sure. But if your main character isn't wrong, wrong sometimes, again, he has nowhere to go. But my, and again, I think, but, and I think but, that the last scene, but, but, Danny but, 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 sees that he probably made an enormous he, mistake. He definitely did. He's got all these dead no. hand characters yeah, he, laying around, and he looks up, and Kunlun's gone. And again, but he you fucked know what? up. But again, he could have left because he knew the hand was in New York, and he'd be just as wrong, but also right. I do see the writing. You know, the right, the, the, yeah. the writing laps. Yeah. In that Here, yeah. he's just completely wrong. If Danny had never left Kunlun and come to New York, what would have happened? Would the world have ended? Would it affect the rest? No, they would have a little bit of a, you know, a more of a beachhead in Rand and they maybe getting some drugs out. Sure. That's it. I haven't seen Defenders yet, obviously. It's not right. out yet. But I'm pretty sure it wouldn't have really mattered. It wouldn't have been earth-shaking. And Kunlun would be okay. Well, doesn't Foggy, have, doesn't Foggy work for... Uh, for Jerry. For, yes. Yeah. Yeah, for Hogarth Jerry Hogarth. now. Yeah. So. Yes, he does. So it would be Daredevil's problem to get him out, to, well, to get the hand out of Rand. Well, Hogarth wasn't involved until right. Danny brings her in. But, but the point is that I'm really. I mean, this is like 13 parts, 12 hours of, you know, look, Peter Parker figured out pretty quickly. You know, when he didn't stop the burglar and he killed his Uncle Ben, it didn't take that long. Sure. It's a long, long time. For Danny Rand to realize, like, oh, maybe I'm supposed to do what I'm supposed to do. I've been telling everyone the whole time what my responsibility is, and I didn't do it. Sure. You know? It, it's... I'm just going to fix your mic yeah. a little bit. It's rubbing a tiny bit. Keep going. But, uh, you know, it, it, it's a really big problem for me, that lack of motivation. And I'm just, I'm harping on it so much because it was we so, could have so easily been fixed. I mean, the, as I've said already, the fix was actually in their story. It's not like I'm complaining that they didn't use the source material right and all that. I'm literally going with their story and everything they didn't sing. It was right there. You know, I mean, he could have been out on a quest or, or just give me a little more background about how he's yearning to go back and maybe, maybe you know. He wants to find out with yeah, his parents. But, 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 you know, he had a harsh upbringing there, yeah. But they don't give us a sense that he really hates it. You know, but, you know, there, there's that moment of this is going to be your life. You're going to be out there. And there's an implication that it's freaking boring, you know. And that's sure. sort of the closest thing to motivation we have. But if you were the Iron Fist, if you, if you bought into the Kunlun exactly. stuff so much to become the Iron you Fist. You don't leave right. like that. The hand should be the motivation yeah. to get you out now, of there. Now, here's the thing. I think that they were kind of, did you read the most recent Iron Fist series? Current? So they took a little from that. There's a little bit of the idea of. The Thunderous Daughter comes and there's a whole thing about pulling him back because it's the whole idea that he's been there too long and he does need to be there and Conlon needs him and he's abandoned it. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, they, and then he, he goes back. So they're def- they, I th- think they definitely borrowed a bit from that. You know, but I was just, again, I, I, that was, it's my biggest problem with it. Um, the other issues are, what people talk about is definitely pacing. Motivations are a problem. Um, Ultimately, though, uh, he did win me over. Um, as we've said, Colleen's great. Um, there's, a, there's a discussion about lack of levity. Um, 
Claire Temple, if, if not for Claire Temple, she's there's hilarious. Nobody. But she's hilarious. Yeah. And, and that works. But not hilarious to the point where she's just a, a no, wise it's, it's, character. Not, it's not distracting. It's and the just stuff that with Luke she is it. awesome. The, you know, reading yeah, the letter from prison, she makes yeah. a couple references to the prison. Yeah, it's great. You, it's don't, great. you don't need to have seen the other stuff. If you have, it's a great Easter egg. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved all that. A little bit preachy. What do you mean? When she starts going off and being so whiny all that about not killing all that. Sure. I was like, you know what? I get that you're a nurse. But Claire, but, they killed but, your friends. The yeah, just killed your exactly. friends. You've been through a little time. bit too much. And he's the Iron Fist. He's a trained ninja. His whole function is to destroy them. Mm-hmm. He needs to be killing them. <laughs> and he needs to not be listening to you whining about it. And again, it. They, they massacred a shit ton of people at your, at your hospital. Right. You wouldn't be here if they hadn't killed a bunch of people in your yeah. hospital. I mean, because I, once again, it's like, I mean... Are we even getting into the, the total Dark Knight move of they pop into China, okay? And um, I think it was our friend Justin who commented, like, yeah, nice warehouse in New Jersey, you know? Sure. The, the China episode is Kevin Tantro, and who is a buddy of mine, directed that episode. And yeah. So I'm, I was into it, totally into it because you yeah. want to get but, but there's nothing about that that says it's anything other than a warehouse in New Jersey. Right. It just felt like it. Oh, by the way, we're in China right now. Oh, yeah? Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's nothing about that. Mm-hmm. I did enjoy that fight. You did? Yeah. The, 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 the Crouching Tiger sword fight, I just wish those characters... Well, not just that one. The, also, the Drunken Master yes, one? Yes, yes. Well, I just wish those characters were a little more integral to what the story was instead of just so being I. one-off random characters that they had to fight. Uh, and here's the thing. like People are criticizing the Kung, the kung Fu. I don't think those it, are one-offs. I again, I th- again think those are... Set up for later. That'd be cool. Yeah. But uh, the, the criticism that people are giving of the Kung Fu is Kung Fu is really hard to do on the speed of television. In the speed of production with television, good luck trying to get anything close to an Ang Lee sequence, yeah. which takes forever. Mm-hmm. But good luck trying to get anything like a Shaw Brothers sequence, which is a film and takes forever. In TV, you're basically shooting basic coverage and doing your overs and doing your, your, your two directions. You're trying not to do four directions and shooting. And so it really doesn't lend itself. The speed of television doesn't lend itself to yeah, shooting kung fu but, in a, place that's, in a you, way that satisfies. You know what's wrong with, with, with that analysis? Is Into the Badlands. But Into the Badlands almost focuses entirely on the kung fu. But it's awesome. It is awesome, but it, you can't make that with the Netflix model. Why? the Netflix model, is, it, it's a very aggressive model. Into the Badlands focuses almost entirely on the Kung Fu. They, it's television. They do it so well. You know, I mean, season one, they only did six episodes. They're doing they ten episodes in season sure. two. So it's you not. Know? So already. It, it, don't, so, don't tell me Netflix doesn't have the money. So they already, have the money. Are they spending it? Well, that's the question. Because this one felt. Because the budget and, on this and, one so felt exactly, a lower. And that's exactly what a lot of people are saying is that they, they cheaped out. I would love nothing more than to do, for them to do Into the Badlands style Kung Fu sequences because right. the Kung Fu is the best part of Into the exactly. Badlands. It's exactly. the reason to watch Into the Badlands. Uh, across but the board, they're throw, But they're throwing their money yeah. at yeah. those sequences. By, by, by the way, listeners, if you're not watching Into the Badlands, awesome. Watch Into the Badlands. If only for the Kung Fu sequences because they're it's awesome. fucking awesome. It's awesome. But, so, uh, so, but I would want my, nothing more. But my, I don't think that's... That, so, that's so, Into but, the Badlands is the... Is the is, that's that's like the one show that is focusing almost entirely on that and doing it properly. But at the same time, this wasn't at the level of Daredevil. It wasn't even at the level of Luke Cage. That is um, a criticism. Yeah, I so, do agree so, with that. So you, you gave, listen, you gave a very good argument, but your argument is, is actually an argument for, you know, it's a whole other criticism, so which is think, that they didn't spend enough money here and it shows. Yeah, do you think that's, that's true, that they didn't that, spend that, enough That's money? what I think. I you do. Think I don't know that for a fact. But, but it felt like that. Yeah. I still, when I look at it overall and say I like it, I still say they did spend a lot of money. And some of it felt it's still, rough. It's, it, it's still, you know, a really good production. I still got 13, you know, parts, 12 hours of this that, you know, ultimately I, I love it. You know, you've been the recipient of me yelling at you because sometimes you go off in some of the comic book <laughs> shows and I go, dude, first of all, you said to me at one point, we were talking about, you know, a network show and you said... Well, yeah, it's not Daredevil. And I said, yeah, and every comic you read isn't Watchmen. It doesn't mean that it's not a decent comic. Sure. It's just they're not all going to be the best thing ever. I, re- I love, I, I thought, I'm looking forward to Iron Fist Season 2. Me too. I'm really looking forward uh, to And Defenders. I think it's going to be better. And I think that... I think this is flawed, but it is watchable. And there, there was still plenty of things to like. And I think the fans agree. When you watch the, the, the critics' commentary yes. on Iron Fist, 
they're burying it. Yes. And I think some of that is social justice and, and, stuff. And I have a which few, is, fr- which, I have a few friends is, that you know that are quick to go, oh, I watched 20 minutes, it's garbage, and all that, but sure. you know what? But you know what? It's not for people like that. Most of those people don't actually aren't TV watchers. Right. You know, the people that, like, you know, that, that go on and on and on for a year about a movie, and then they just shit all over it and hate everything about but it. if you have criticism about the whitewashing of the main character, just understand that how many Asian people actually worked on this production. Like, oh, Simon, yeah. Simon Rhee was the stunt coordinator. He did the same thing for mm-hmm. Jessica Jones. That's what he hires. Yeah. That's who he hires, his team. You go on his Instagram, uh, his, uh, his team... And by on, the way, just because Iron Fist was an Asian, there was plenty of Asian characters in it. Mm-hmm. And, and they're not token. Right. Not at all. They're very important. You know, we haven't talked about um, one, of the, one of my favorite aspects of it was the, uh, the cage fighting. Sure. Uh, yeah, well, they see it on the video. It was yeah, cool. I'm saying, Co- and some and of it's really brutal. It's fun. Yeah, it's, it's fun to great. watch. I mean, Colleen in the cage, and then she gets to the two... I mean, it was awesome. Those were well shot. Those were great. Those were really well shot fight sequences. I yes. wish that there was a way to have done that with those two fights. And not to go back into a comic tangent, but did you read the new Iron Fist comic that number one just came out? No. It's really good. Ed Brisson and... He's he, a good writer. And he, and he does cage fighting in it. That's cool. It's, it's awesome. Um, I just... I, I think that the cage fighting stuff happens so early that you're right. I had forgotten about it. It's great. But it is good. And yeah. it's, it's actually really, it's very interesting aspect of the, the Colleen's character mm-hmm. and seeing her develop. And it's, it, I thought it was, it was a great moment where she used what, you know, what he taught her. You know? Um, I, I, I haven't decided if it works with the revelation of her being Hand. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, are we supposed to say that because she's... The you whole idea is she's so honorable and so buttoned up as if she has no outlet, you know, and yet she's hand. And are we supposed to believe that, that her sensei's hand, did he teach her all these honorable things and that it's not for this and all that? You, you well, maybe that's do you the, buy that? Well, that, maybe that's the difference between Bakudo's teaching and the others because you also get her students and her students are all like, oh, I'm going to become a doctor. But, I'm going to become all these different things. But, 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 but here's my other thing. And, is, and Gao's I, hands are just like, I'm a nameless, I, faceless killer. Right. I get the idea that her class, you know, her students might have been entry level into the hand, but it seems a lot odd to me where early on in the series you have, you know, Iron Fist walking in and criticizing and they're also undisciplined. And then later, those same students are all with the hand and they're all fine. Like, I thought there was a huge dichotomy between them, almost as if, it's like, wait a second, this is a completely different story. What do you mean? The, the students are all the suddenly, students, suddenly the, better the, fighters? They're not more than better fighters. They're better fighters. They're disciplined. It doesn't seem like the students that were in that class were people that were in any way involved in this organization at this compound later. Well, now they're at this. They got their scholarship, bro, and now they're at this well, thing. It, and they it, spent it, time it, there. It, and they learned uh, some oh, of it. So you, we're supposed to think that they only just got indoctrinated into that now? No, they they've known all along that they were that. I felt that the students you think we those saw students in that class know that their hand. Yeah. Yes, they know their hand. They've been indoctrinated, and they weren't they weren't acting like the proper students. Mm-hmm. Everything he said, his criticism of them, we know is accurate, even if he was supposedly too harsh. Right, but. I felt like it suddenly became a, it's a completely different story that forgot about the early episodes and that characterization. Hmm. Okay. Do you see that? Uh, I do. They're still kind of acting a little, you know, naive when they come up to him in the courtyard, you know, in the, the, the courtyard quad area. And they're like, hey, uh, you know, this place is great. This is awesome. They do seem very similar to those characters early on. And it's not until that fight that you realize maybe their exposure to Bakudo's teaching directly so, so, made them so better you, fighters. So you, you think that because obviously we're at the I think compound. once they got to the compound, they ramped the it up. So you, think, you think they ramped up and they haven't totally had that experience up. already. Maybe, okay. All right. It's them in a completely maybe. different environment with different teachings. Maybe. Going to a pseudo Maybe he, Maybe he, he's now tapped into what they've already done before and, he, and he's... The ramp up. Okay. It's a different place. Yeah. So... You know what I mean? It felt like such a switch, you know? There's like, also a hundred people beating up on him in Davos. Oh, yeah. So, like... Once again, that seems awesome. Dude, you get a hundred people to back me up, I'll probably be a pretty good Uh, fighter. (laughs) Let's talk talk about Davos real quick. You know, from the get-go, when we we see him, you know, doing the folding stuff and turning into throwing stars, all that. That was cool. And we're like, are they doing bullseye? You know, like, you weren't sure what they were doing. Every one of us went like, wait a minute. I can't wait to see bullseye. Well, yeah, no kidding. But... But, uh, It felt like bullseye, but also... um, 
I didn't immediately. It didn't immediately register with me that that's Davos. Right, no, it, so, it, it would. You didn't know. He's yeah. sinister. And then he shows up and says, "I'm like, like that was awesome." And you don't know if he's if he's waiting to kill the Meachams. Right. You don't know anything. You about just him. don't know. Yeah. And then and suddenly he shows up and he's and he's he saving the day and right. it's like and it's awesome. Yeah. And he shows up and even a little worst Iron Fist ever. You know, it's like it's great. You, you get a real. Actually, I should take it back because in those scenes he's a great source of levity. Yeah. And in those scenes, it actually feels like an overall MCU thing, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think, like, they are playing Danny a bit lighter, even if it comes off as naive in some scenes. Like, they are playing Danny a bit lighter than, the, than just the well, earnestness of well, Daredevil. I'll, 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 tell, you, I'll tell you another thing that I liked. Um, and, again, you know, they borrowed from that a lot is of Danny, trust material. Right? Yeah, so you don't watch the Ultimate Spider-Man cartoon, right? No. So they've had Iron Fist as a character in that, initially starting as a teenager. And they really pushed this hippie zen. They went, oh, he's kung fu. So he's just, hey, dude, zen, and one with the universe, all that. And I definitely saw, you know, aspects of that, you know, from the very first episode, comes in, he's just so hippie and barefoot, you know, and, you know, and, and, you know, and the shirt, like, may as well be hemp, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I it, 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 it's so that aspect. And, and I, I, thought, I thought that's a good choice. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just very modern. I thought it was a good call also with even his music. Oh, you're old school. Yeah, you know, it, it's been 15 years ago. I don't know why it still works, <laughs> you know? Right. His, his iPod? Yeah. Yeah. He got the I mean, what, model it, right before the planned obsolescence. Yeah. I mean, you're telling me that even if he didn't have batteries, so what, he just ha- had it sitting there in Kunlun all this time, and then he came out and got batteries? Like, I don't know, you know? Kunlun could have electricity, but it comes in lightning. Yeah, it, it, it's biologically it's generated. absolutely yeah. biologically generated. And eels. Right. They got right. a pool of eels that they just use to generate the whole place. And then, yeah. you, then you can use the internet. Um, all right, let's wrap this up. What do you want to see in Iron Fist Season 2 and Defenders? Well, obviously, I've already said, you know, I, I, want, the, I want the other immortal cities. Yep. Um, for, for the listeners that don't know, Kunlun is only one of, uh, of, seven. of, of seven. You know, uh, immortal cities that are all exist in different planes and at a certain point... They all line up. You know, they didn't they spend have a, a lot of time tournament. on they it. They have a Kung Fu yeah, tournament. They didn't spend a lot of time on it, but the whole Kung Fu thing, it's, for anyone that's, that's a cinephile, it's Brigadoon. Right. You know, it's, it's this place that the dimensions line up only occasionally and shows up and years in between. So that's the only time it touches, you know, this Earth. plane of existence. But the idea is that there's other cities just like it, and each one has a champion. With a different and, fighting style and different exactly. weapon. Different immortal a weapon. Different immortal weapon. And there's ultimately a tournament between all of them. That's going to be awesome. Yeah. Let's so, really do that for season two. Oh, that would Take be note, awesome. Season two. Defenders, what do you think we got? So, so Defenders, I mean, it's going to be the hand, but it's going to be this bastardized, sort of Americanized, across the board, criminal organization thing. Because even with Madame Gal, that's what we see. Sure. You know, but it's just going to be whatever the agenda is, it's all coming together with all these characters in New York. Which, really, is, which, is, which is the ultimate, the, the, the old school Marvel, New York's the center of it all. I can't wait to see Luke come into play with right. Danny. Right. And mind you, you know, a la, a la, so one thing they did here with Meacham is, you know, we got a little bit with, with uh, Karagi um, mm-hmm. in Daredevil, but they really showed the whole resurrection thing and they mentioned the aspect of becoming less and less because... That we know at the end of Daredevil season two, Electra's that's happening to Elektra. She's right. coming back. So, do we see Elektra in the Defenders? Absolutely. And now, do we see Wilson Fisk in Defenders? Because I, I hope he so, and the but, hand I, but don't I don't get along. Yeah, I hope we do, but I'm not expecting it because it might be too much. Sure. And there are only know? only ten episodes on the yeah, yeah. Defenders. Now, going to the comms, that ultimately Wilson Fisk actually takes control of them. I don't see him going there. Though, that could be a really interesting ending for him sure. to come in and pick up the pieces. It's a great setup for season yeah, three. Yes. That, that, Daredevil. That, that, would be this, that would be a very smart way to do it, mm-hmm. to have him st- step in afterwards. Okay. So I, I would love that, but I'm not expecting that. Well, Geeks gave us, there you have it. Those are Ian's wish list for Defenders and Iron Fist Season 2. We recommend it. Uh, there's been a lot of criticism, as we yeah. said, but we definitely recommend I, Iron Fist. It's worth Fist. watching. And I want to see, in Iron Fist Season 2, the Master of Kung Fu himself, Shang-Chi. That's what I want to see. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I think that I don't think we get a Shang-Chi series if we don't get him introduced. Right. And then you can here. punish yeah. him. And, oh, and the other thing we left out is 
I was disappointed that the Defenders are going to come together without Danny and Luke already being together. Sure. But fine, for the sake of how they're doing it, fine. But that's the big question is, do they keep on on their own? And which, by the way, does work for the sake of the immortal uh, cities and, and doing the tournament. But ultimately, we want Power Man and Iron Fist. Which may end up being more in the Luke Cage season two than it is in Iron Fist season and, 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 and that's where I'm going with it. It's like, yeah, maybe. Let's do it. Makes sense. Uh, having pop up there. Geekscapist. Ian and I are going to be back for the next one. Definitely Guardians. Definitely. Um, but again, the news that we said at the top of the hour was the weekly podcast is coming back in April, uh, just in time for E3, Comic Con, the big uh, movie season, and we couldn't be more excited. Uh, also, uh, we are still pimping that loot crate, so go to lootcrate.com slash geekscape, sign up, you get a discount on your subscription, and every month they send you. Some pretty cool stuff. I've got some stuff that I'm going to give you, Ian, as soon as I remember to bring it. Cool. But um, I like stuff. They sent me some cool Predator stuff, and I brought it over to Mr. Cooper Barnes himself, who's a big Predator fan. He actually had a Predator-themed wedding. Uh, so uh, former Geekscape guest, Cooper Barnes, I got, him a, I got him a lot of Predator stuff from Loot Crate, and he was pretty damn happy to get it. Uh, so if you want some cool stuff, you want to get in on that, lootcrate.com slash geekscape. Put in the... The coupon code Geekscape, and you're going to get yourself a discount on that subscription. Uh, Ian, I don't know when we're going to see you next, but hopefully it's not. Uh, hopefully it's not Guardians. Hopefully sooner we get you sooner. I don't know, man. I mean, you weren't into Ghost in the Shell. Not into Ghost in the Shell. Ghost in the Shell. I'm just really busy. I'm definitely going to go down to WonderCon this weekend. Uh, let's talk about that. We don't so about I'm going here. to bring this recorder with me. Hopefully, I can get some interviews for you guys. If not, don't hold me to it. Uh, things have been busy, but uh, good news is Geekscape, the weekly show, is coming back. If you can't wait that long, you can listen to Geekscape Games, you can listen to the Horror Movie Club podcast, you can listen to our brand new podcast, Seven of Wine, and you can listen to the 90s uh, TV Hour. Those are all brand new shows on the Geekscape Network. Love you guys. Ian loves you guys. And we will see you guys next time.